Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. So we've been in a series of sermons on thoughts and prayers. Uh, And what's probably confusing about this series is I've not actually offered any advice on how to do thoughts and prayers. We talked about the impact of them and what it means to be thoughtful and and prayerful in a world that really resists being thoughtful and prayerful, seeing it as an attempt towards inaction rather than seeing it as a way of grounding ourselves in the presence of God to be transforming in the world. So we've been looking at different stories throughout Scripture. We started with uh, Jesus' experience in the temptation of temptation in the Gospel of Matthew. And we looked at the ways that Jesus is able to resist temptation because of the ways that he had steeped himself in Scripture and prayer with God. He trusted what God was doing and so didn't feel the need to take power for himself. And what we see in that story is that as soon as Jesus goes through that experience, it's true, God cares for him in beautiful ways, profound ways. Next week, we talked about how um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three uh, Jewish guys living in exile, had steeped themselves in prayer enough to know that they were willing to experience death rather than bend the knee to the powers of Assyria and to the gods of Assyria. And their calm and willingness to experience whatever torment might come at the hands of the empire because of their strength and trust in what God was doing in their lives allowed them to walk through that furnace without being scathed. It's a powerful reminder. I wouldn't recommend jumping into a furnace, though. Uh, that probably wouldn't go well. And then last week, we talked about the call of Isaiah, who had stepped into the temple and had devoted himself to prayer. And then through that prayer, God chose to use Isaiah as a vessel to tell and proclaim sacred and hard truths to a kingdom that had turned away from the presence and love of God. You see, this, these last few weeks haven't been about how to pray, how to be thoughtful. It's a plea for us to be prayerful, thoughtful. It's a reminder to me that any time I try to take power for myself, it is probably coming from a place within me that is not of trust, either for my community or of God. It's the impulse in me to make some accommodations for uh, evils and injustices that I really don't believe are good, but rather than getting into the argument, it would just be easier to go along with it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remind me of who I am and who I'm called to be. 
the story of Isaiah, especially when compared to the king that he was serving uh, just after the death of, we see his incredible devotion to God, his humility before God, his humility before even his own kin as compared to the ways that the powers that be were manipulating the presence of God for their own ends. Do you see, like, these stories help remind me very simply that I'm not the center of my own universe, even though sometimes it feels like I am. Sometimes I feel like I should be able to control the world around me and the people around me. And I read these stories and I'm reminded that that is not who I'm called to be. And so today's scripture, which I'm realizing now that I just walked all over, that Harleen was going to read for us, and I'll just go ahead and read, actually reminds us of this. I'm super sorry, Harleen. I'm like really in it right now. You want to go ahead and read it for us? Thank you. (laughs) Our scripture today... comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 18 through 23. Hear this powerful word. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandment. Do not commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Then the ruler said, I've kept all these things since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said, there's one more thing. Sell everything you own and distribute the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When he heard these words, the man became sad because he was extremely rich. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen? Can we say that was intentional? Is that okay? (laughs) You know, just um, full disclosure, um, and this is not part of the sermon, but I'm realizing I'm distracted today. I'm having surgery on a skin cancer tomorrow morning, and so my head is like in a million places. So if you just hold me in prayer, please don't make it a big deal. Please don't make it a big deal, but it is a thing. And so uh, my head is in multiple places. And so that's part of the distraction there. And I apologize, Reverend Harden. But what that beautiful story for me does is it reminds me of that same call that we are not the center of the universe. This rich young ruler, right, who must have some sort of sense that something isn't going well in him, 
whether it was some sort of discomfort, some sort of, you know, sometimes you get that feeling that what you're doing doesn't, is, it doesn't feel right. Your like subconscious is telling you that what's happening around you and in you isn't what's supposed to be happening around you and in you. And so it becomes a distraction from who you're actually called to be. So this man with at least some power within his given context comes to this like wild preacher who's walking around, making everybody angry, asking them to give up parts of their lives. And he comes to him asking for some advice. He's seen Jesus healing people and teaching people and offering good news to people. And so he comes hoping that maybe Jesus might provide the kind of healing that he's looking for. And he comes to him with this power and this wealth. And he stands before Jesus, given an audience with this teacher and asks the question that he does not want to hear the answer to. What must I do to be right in God's eyes? And Jesus goes through the the list, right? Don't use people, right? Don't commit adultery. Don't use people as things for your own pleasure. Don't kill people. Don't take from people. Don't lie about people. And honor the ancestors. He names five of the Ten Commandments. Don't use people as things. Don't kill people. Don't steal from people. Don't lie about people. And honor the ancestors. And the man says, yeah, you know, I've been doing that. From a position of privilege, right? He doesn't need, doesn't need to be the one killing people. He doesn't need to be the one doing any like right like he has he has his relationships manipulated around him like if he's ruling anything he has the power to manipulate the situation and he doesn't have to do any of the dirty work right it's like uh, elon musk i saw a quote from him who lord help me he is full of sermon illustrations and i hate it but (laughs) elon musk said well i don't know what you're talking about poverty i don't know anybody who's poor right like Right, like this is the rich young ruler's problem, right? I don't know anybody. Like, oh, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't taken from anybody. I haven't done any of these things, right? He's just living with the wealth that he just happened to be born into. It's not his fault that he has the privileges that he has, right? (laughs) He didn't do anything, right? He's not racist. I mean, he's not wealthy because he stole something. You see what I mean? And Jesus says, yeah, you know what, if you want to be right with God, all those things that keep you from having to deal with the mess in this world, that keep you from having to be the one dealing with the muck and the dirt and these hard questions and these difficult relationships, give all that up and try again. Would you be wealthy the way that you are if it hadn't been taken from someone before? If people hadn't been lied about? on your family or your behalf? Would you have the power that you have if it hadn't been taken from someone else? This rich, young ruler must have known when he started reading back about his family's history, something about the stories didn't fit for him. So when he went to Jesus, trying to rid himself of any guilt and shame, to be assured of his goodness in the presence of God, Jesus reminded him that what he has 
the boundaries around his life that his privilege allow him is not what will save him. It's not what will redeem him in his community or in his relationship with God. In fact, all of those things that have been accumulated are the barriers to relationship with the people around us. Because people, when we get wealth and privilege, we can say, oh, I just don't know any poor people. It must not be that big of a problem. You see how easy that path can be. If all you've known is privilege, to be able to walk down that simple, straight road and wonder why everyone around you seems to be struggling so much. This, for me, is one of the roots of the great evils that we see in our country right now, in our world right now. This inability among people who look a lot like me to see our stories honestly, to know where we've come from. We stand like the rich young ruler before the presence of God, wondering what we have to do. We've been faithful, we're good church folks, we do all the right things, we love the people around us. It just happens to be the case that we love the people who, you know, they just live in my neighborhood, you know. And what Jesus tells the rich young man, and I think all of us who experience the same kind of privilege as he reminds him, he reminds the rich young man, that his life, everything that he has, is because of many circumstances that he had manipulated for him. He stands on the shoulders of his ancestors, but those ancestors are standing on the shoulders of those people who served them. So when I talk about thoughts and prayers, when I see thoughts and prayers written up in articles or on social media, Twitter, you name it, whenever thoughts and prayers are lifted up, too often it's the case that people, again, like the rich young ruler, seem to be wanting to um, offer the symbol of faithfulness without actually being willing to offer the sacrifice of faithfulness. We want to stand before Jesus, but what we want to hear is that we're doing everything fine without actually having to make a sacrifice to live in a world that is within this kingdom vision of God. So we claim thoughts and prayers, and I think many times those thoughts and prayers are lifted in earnest, but I think often we find ourselves like the rich young ruler where we're willing to go so far, and then as soon as our wealth or our position or our place in our community and in our society starts to be challenged, we either uh, resist God and claim, well, you know, I'm doing as much as I can, and so hopefully that's enough to get me into some sort of heaven place after I die, or 
we um, claim, well, that must not actually be God. That must be, you know, that must be the evil trying to get rid of all this stuff. You know, I've worked hard for this. But every time in my own life, when I try to set up boundaries and barriers around my sense of comfort, every time Jesus seems to be doing the same thing over and over again, calling me towards discomfort, calling me towards deeper relationships with people who sometimes maybe make me uncomfortable, calling me to give more than I feel comfortable with, and calling me to give in a way that makes me and Susanna have to be like, have hard conversations about where we can spend our money and time and energy because we care so deeply about trying to actually follow Christ into something bigger than me. Because at the end of the day, if I were in charge, everything would fall apart. And I know that. I know that. Without God leading the way, without God being the guiding light in my own life, there is no chance. Because I, too, come from a position of incredible privilege. And it's easy, it would be so easy for me to turn a blind eye to it and claim that I have everything that I have because I worked hard, because I do work hard. (laughs) It'd be easy to dismiss any challenge of that as ignorance or cruelty. But the truth is I need my position challenged by the presence of God so that I can speak with clarity, not about my will, but about the will of God in my own life. Not even about the will of God in your life, because I don't actually speak for God. I can speak about what God is doing in me and hope that it brings some clarity, but I do not speak for God in your life. I know God is speaking in your life, and I trust that you are being challenged because that is what I feel most often. And if you do not feel challenged... I wonder if you've grown content with the barriers of just not killing somebody, not sleeping with somebody, not lying about somebody. You know, if it hurts, sometimes, you know, little lies are fine, right? (laughs) Right? Not taking from anybody and honoring my ancestors in a way that isn't actually about honoring the way God was in their lives, but about how hard they worked putting blinders on about where the wealth may have come from. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.